All right, everybody, welcome back to Tin Talk. This is episode two. I am not the host. I don't know how I've been roped into doing back-to-back episodes. This was supposed to be Sam's thing, but now here I am with my good friend Jordan Guzman. So as we've established, Tin Talk is a platform for the athletes, friends, and just anybody in the Tin Talk family to come on. Whether you're a member of Tin Man Elite, uh, a staff person of Tin Man Elite like Max, just to have a platform to talk about anything you want to, whether it's training, life, etc. So we're here with uh, one of the best men on Tin Man Elite, but certainly <laughs> Tin Man Elite's baddest boy, Jordan Guzman, a.k.a. Goose. So Goose, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Um, you. you have recently made your way up to the roads after being a predominantly 5K guy in the last few years, so... We felt it would be natural to bring in Tim Anwait's resident road guy to kind of talk you through how you've been navigating that transition and, and kind of where this change came from and, and just kind of, yeah, how life's been going for you. So welcome. Coming off of a great half marathon performance this past weekend, we were talking before we started filming, Jordan said he feels pretty good, but stairs are hard, which I think is exactly <laughs> how I felt about a week ago after New York. Um yeah, congrats, man. Great, great first half marathon for you. Um, 12th, great, really deep, solid field. There were a bunch of six sub-60-minute guys in the race, and, and Jordan showed up and in some brutal weather conditions and on a tough course, really competed well um, and just got some great experience that I think is going to be huge for you going forward. So, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks. And thanks for joining me. <laughs> um, so I'll start off, I guess, like how when and why did you sort of like have this realization that you maybe wanted to move away from the track and onto the roads? Uh-huh. Um, I guess like it's, it had always been like a dream of mine to run the marathon. It's kind of the, um, pinnacle, I guess, of distance running. Um, mm-hmm. I've always seen myself as a distance runner from a young kid and, uh, you know, growing up in the location I did, I didn't really have access to a track. So, you know, I was always on the roads and, um, you know, I was just, I would always watch the marathons, the major marathons when they're on. So, um, it was obviously, you know, a big part of my upbringing. Um, I would always, you know, travel to the Gold Coast Marathon and, uh, run the shorter distances there. And, you know, one day thought that I would get back there and run the marathon. Um, and then when I started school in Canberra, uh, I joined a marathon group. And I was a miler running, you know, 100, 120 mile weeks <laughs> yep. with the marathon guys. So, uh, you know, I always eventually knew that I would get there. Um, I kind of burnt myself out a little bit doing that because, you know, I was doing the mileage of the marathon guys, but then I would show up and run, you know, 15 by 400 and, you know, 58 to 62 seconds on a, a cold winter's night. Um, and so I think that, you know, kind of had me struggle a little bit, you know, in my first few years with Tin Man, um, I think finding that balance and then adding the, the equation of altitude into it as well, mm-hmm. um, had me kind of struggling to really stay healthy. Um, and that was a big part of the change was, you know, I think just staying away from the track and staying away from those intense intervals, uh, would help me stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a lot of people know this year, I had, um, pretty big life-changing news uh with the the passing of my father and mm-hmm. um you know it just made me feel grateful for the things that I had in my life um but also kind of just an opportunity to to change and and do something new um the last year of running to be completely honest didn't really excite me on the track and yep. um you know I've been the most excited about running these past few months and um had the most fun that I've had in running this past weekend so yeah um you know that was a, a big motivator for me to change um 
and my dad never wanted me to so you know without him around yeah. i can kind of <laughs> Do get away thing. with it <laughs> <laughs> funny yeah i mean i think you sent a really cool message in the team's group chat uh after the race this weekend you said like i feel like i'm back in love with running again and i know like for me and anybody who's competed like i think that's a really tough thing to navigate is like mm-hmm. we dedicate so much time and energy to this and and all of a sudden like sometimes it's overnight sometimes it's this like long slow gradual loss of excitement and, yeah. and love for the sport um, and i think that's something that's like really hard to get back and i think like you found like just choosing to do what maybe seems exciting even if it's unorthodox is huge um so yeah like congratulations again like i think regardless of the result this weekend like that message that you sent meant way more to me than if you'd gone and ran 60 minutes yeah. as a as a teammate and a friend like it's just sure. you want to see people be happy mm-hmm. um it's it's great to see you back yeah in a place and in, in your relationship with the sport that you're just like yeah in love with it again yeah. i think that's always all of our goal here yeah, um for sure nice man uh australia has pretty good marathon pedigree and, and history as well did that play any sort of like factor you know growing up and i feel like australia's traditionally been more of like mm-hmm. a marathoners country just with the the history you guys have there so is that any sort of factor as well yeah for sure i mean like i said when i went to school and i was training with this marathon group um i was training with the head of the australian institute of sport um mm-hmm. and he he'd been good friends with alberto he housed him and and worked with him um for a period of time he coached uh, rob de castella mm-hmm. uh who's one of the great marathoners um and then even more recently while I was there on that team, uh, he coached Michael Shelley, who was two-time Commonwealth Games champion. Uh, he won the Commonwealth Games in 2018 after Callum Hawkins mm-hmm. lost out like that Brazilian yep, guy. Yep, yep. Um, and so, you know, that was a big factor as well. Um, and, you know, what made me kind of fall in love with the sport um, of road racing was, um, you know, just being out of train with him, but then going to those races and and be competitive against one another, but also at the same time kind of feel more like teammates than you do on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I started doing a few road races, um, even when I was on the track, like throughout winter, I would always choose the road races over the cross country races. And, uh, my last race on that team, um, before I joined Tin Man, I actually broke his 10 kilometer record at the yeah, Coast Marathon, right. mm-hmm. um, which still stands. And so, you know, that was, a big indicator that I, I wanted to get back to the road racing stuff. And that was always kind of my off season training, you know, always incorporated a few road races and, um, you know, I didn't run a single road race once I joined this team. And, um, there was always like a focus on, on running those times, you know, whether it be 1313 or 335, whatever it was that were the standards. Yep. Um, and that just sucked like a lot of enjoyment out of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think like, just having those marathoners kind of around me and that group kind of solidified my love for it. And I knew that I would always kind of get back to that eventually. Um, so yeah, here I am. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I've, like, I feel like this team really loves to race cross country mm-hmm. and like, I don't have that itch at all anymore. Like me these either. guys are going to run sound <laughs> running and I'm just like, okay, like have fun. I'll watch and cheer you on. But like, I have no real, excitement about going mm-hmm. to austin and running cross country and i think a big reason for that is like you said like road racing does kind of scratch that cross country itch but yeah. it's like i think a lot more fun like you get the tactics of cross country but you can mm-hmm. still run fast comparatively like you can on the track but yeah. there's not like this hyper focus on standards and mm-hmm. oh which race do i need to go to to get world ranking points and all that kind of stuff like it is more pure competition especially yeah. depending on the road race you go to and so i think that's where yeah it 
for me, I, I had like a big falling back in love with running when I moved mm-hmm. to the roads as well, just because it is like this, you start feeling like a kid again when you're just racing yeah. for like place and you're like uh-huh. reacting to moves, not thinking about like, oh, if I go now, do I blow up and then I miss my world champs qualifying time? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I feel good. So screw it. I'm going to go for it. And yeah. I think that's a ton of fun. Um, I think especially this weekend as well, like mm-hmm. that there, there was a few factors in why I chose that one. Um, obviously it just being such a tough course and then the weather played into it as well. Yeah. Um, it just took times kind of out of the equation and so i just got to kind of experience it and run it and enjoy it um you know without the pressure of any of that sort of stuff yep. um i knew i was in good company like standing on the the start line with you know 20 africans and myself um and you know some of the the big names of road running whether right now or, or in the past um it, it was just exciting to be in that same race with them as opposed to you know standing on the start line with Jakob knowing that he's going through right. at 740 and being yep. like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm really screwed here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the other reason was it was my dad's birthday uh, okay. that day. And so, yep. you know, I, I kind of, to start off my road career, I kind of just looked at the calendar um, and seen that one um, on that date and thought that would be, like, the perfect place to, to kind of kick it off. So, yeah, yeah it was, yeah, it was it's really definitely, cool. like, it just made me enjoy it so much more and be so much more grateful for just being out to you know be out there and do it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was one of my questions like how did you decide on boston so yeah that was obviously i'm sure a big motivating factor yeah. is like wanting to honor your dad and, yeah, and kind of sure. like carry him with you uh-huh. on the race course did it i mean that's the first time you've raced really yeah, since since your dad's he, passed um watch, does yeah, it so feel like you you know can you like feel his presence with you when you're out there racing yeah for sure he, he probably could have given me better weather um, yeah but <laughs> fair yeah this uh, is his last laugh right yeah, yeah. I, I definitely could like you know standing on the start line and stuff um you know that's my my kind of passion for running and and the reasons why i run have changed so much in the past like few years um you know obviously like joining this team um I just wanted to be the best runner that I could be and, and make these teams and mm-hmm. what, what I thought that, you know, eventually I could be one of the best in the world and, and I still don't think that that's impossible, but, um, yeah, just kind of running for my family and kind of, again, being grateful for where I came from, um, you know, both like location wise and, um, I, w- I was very sick as a kid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, being grateful that, you know, I get to do this every day and get to run, um, was you know a big part of why I, I felt so happy um that day um yep. just you know being able to do the things that i want to do and and he was a big part of that you know he supported me a lot and so um just yeah being able to do that um on that day that was so special um and i think my mom it was like 2 a.m or something in australia mm-hmm. um went and like watched the live results and sat yeah. like you know on the headland where we had like the the um kind of ceremony for him um with my sisters and just uh took you know a cup of coffee and and watched the results and um it was just like super special you know i was just out there for for family and um obviously tin man is family as well yep. so yeah you know, out there for all you guys man that's powerful for yeah. sure I and adidas up until this point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's it's really po- like i think that's anybody who's experienced loss in their life and i think you're very very lucky and in a very small minority if you haven't experienced that like can relate mm-hmm. to that feeling of like you just have your perspective change, right? And like things that you were prioritizing all of a sudden become irrelevant and vice versa. Yeah. And I think that's like, as you enter this next chapter in your career, like I really do think having that perspective and, and, you know, knowing that he's watching over you and, and yeah. being able to share in it and celebrate in it with your family is going to be mm-hmm. such a hugely like motivating and 
you know, I think it'll just help you so much in like, yeah. terms of holding yourself accountable and sure. like digging deeper on uh-huh. race day and all that stuff. So, yeah. well, I mean, coach called me like after the race and, you know, just from the experience of coaching me over the past year and a half, mm-hmm. she just immediately thought that I was disappointed. Yeah. You know? And she was like, just waiting for me to say like, that was shit. You know, I, I'm pissed off with the time. The yeah. weather sucked. Yeah, like, sure. I wish I raced better, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she was pretty shocked to just say like, you know, I was just happy to be out there and like, yep. you know, I was happy with it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, so. for sure. And as a teammate, like, I think it's been, I think anybody who's been around you in the last six months has like seen that transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we'll miss parts of the old goose for sure. <laughs> like the, the fiery first reps out of the gate and things yeah. like that. But I do think like again just speaking from my own personal experience and and there are a million different ways to find success in the sport but what i've found works is that kind of like mm-hmm. gratitude and appreciation but also this like more steady even keel approach to training and racing um so i do think that especially in road racing where mm-hmm. you have fewer opportunities and they're further between and you really have to like make the most out of each one because you can't just turn around and race if you yeah you know hit the hit the panic button halfway through for um sure. i do yeah. think that's going to be mm-hmm. really beneficial for you yeah. and and again outside of running like as a person i think that growth and transformation is something that's going to be great for you as a Mm -hmm. person to just kind of like learn and explore these different parts of yourself and and see where that can take you so now i think you know we talked after the race and and i said in the group chat like i think across the board everybody in boston looked like they were about two to three minutes off off of a pb Mm -hmm. um and so for you to go out and run 65 well like i know on paper, a lot of people probably scoff at that time. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so irrelevant in today's day and age. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's true. But like, you know, the effort you put out and I've seen what you've been in doing in training. And like, yeah. again, as somebody who's ran a bunch of halves and, and mm-hmm. has performed in higher levels and, and all that kind of stuff, like I know that the effort you gave out there and just like the yeah. attitude and perspective you mm-hmm. approach the race with is worth, yeah, at least a couple minutes in hand. So yeah. I think for me my half marathon debut i ran 63 flat effectively and mm-hmm. then my next half marathon i shaved the minute off and ran 62 flat and those were both on pretty flat fast courses on good weather days mm-hmm. and just in the experience of number one to number two i found a minute um so i think for you like you've got time and spades there and i'm yeah. really excited to see what you can do you know yeah, if you end sure. up running houston this uh-huh. this winter or another flat fast half here yeah in the next few months like i think you'll see and just feel the difference between yeah. like yeah hard hilly Mm-hmm. pouring rain yeah <laughs> versus no, just I, like I, catching a good rhythm i think houston is gonna feel short almost compared to that yeah you know um I, I think like that race being my first race and like the lack of experience for that distance mm-hmm. really did not help me out at all right um, i yep. think like sometimes you can kind of go in blind and be naive and mm-hmm. it pays off but with that course it really wasn't um and you know, I started off pretty fiery. Like, I think I led through three miles and I was running, you know, 435, 440. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, you know, Reed, Brogan, Coach, all told me just to chill, <laughs> chill out. out. Like, yeah. Um, and then, you know, th- throughout the rest of the race, like, I knew the hills were coming. And so I was just kind of running pretty steady and I would get back to running, you know, 445, 450 on the flat. But, um, you know, I really wasn't pushing up the hill and I was making sure that I was kind of trying to recover on the downhills just to to make the most out of it. And, um, it got to the point in the end where like, I kind of just ran out of like time, you know, mm-hmm. that there was like the last few miles. Cause I mean, you and Brogan both said to me, like the race starts at 10 miles. Yeah. Um, and I got to 10 miles and, um, yeah, it was just, there was so many Hills that 
you know, God. I was running 4.55, I flat up the hills and that's all I could do. <laughs> yeah. um, and so the time was kind of out the window then. And I, I think the big difference was like, you know, at three miles, I kind of pulled back and was just sensible. And I ran by myself for the majority of the race after that. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I had a little bit more experience and I just, you know, stuck with those guys a little bit longer then I think, you know, the time would have been different again. Um, but yeah, like I said, I wasn't too disappointed. And I think, you know, it felt more like a 15, 16 mile race than mm-hmm. a half. So I think Houston is going to feel short, especially that first 10 K. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's funny. Funny. Brogan says the race starts at mile 10 because my half marathon debut was Brogan was in the race and Brogan mm-hmm. won the race. Yeah. <laughs> and we were stride to stride or stride for stride with one another until effectively like right at the 10 mile mark uh-huh. and then Brogan just took off and I never saw him again <laughs> and he beat me by like 20 or 30 seconds so yes Brogan especially likes the uh, half marathon starts at 10 yeah. mile mantra um <laughs> but yeah man that's great um what uh I guess like from coming from uh, more you've ran a couple of half marathons but they've mm-hmm. been like local kind of like road race hometown stuff so what did I guess the the jump up in distance feel like to actually like give a max effort compared mm-hmm. to you know a 5k or a 10k on the track Honestly, like, and I don't know if I ran it wrong or not, but I didn't feel like I was like, there was no point where it was a max effort for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, it just kind of felt like a long threshold. Like I've done, mm-hmm. I've ran long runs that have felt similar to that. It didn't really feel like a race to, to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it was just like, you know, the, the terrain, um, with the uphill and downhill, it was like, you know, just kind of put in a bit more of an effort on the uphill get up it kind of recover that sort of thing like yeah i didn't really feel like it was a race mm-hmm. kind of thing and i i don't know if that was you know just my inexperience or it was just that for a lot of it i was by myself and so mm-hmm. i was just running like you know well within right. myself yep um but yeah i think like i'm just definitely gonna learn a lot more over yeah, the next few sure. races um yep. but i didn't like after the race i felt fine mm-hmm. um aerobically i felt fine legs felt fine cool down felt fine stomach was a little upset but nothing like too crazy mm-hmm. um but yeah i didn't expect to feel this sore like yeah. the next few days yep. um so i don't is that normal for a half marathon yeah i think i mean like i was gonna say i feel like it's kind of like it's probably a bit of both right mm-hmm. like i'm sure had you been around a bunch of people and like competing and were like oh i don't want to lose to this guy like yeah. you probably could have ran a bit faster and pushed a bit harder but mm-hmm. i do also think like that's always something that i've like not really been able to communicate like a lot of the track guys will send me like texts before the races and they're mm-hmm. like dude like you got this like just go ahead like you you know you just, yeah, it's yeah. gonna hurt but you gotta be ready <laughs> for like all these like and it's like well yeah for a 5k like that is how you know yeah, it's like yeah. you're just basically near maximal for like mm-hmm. 13 to 14 minutes in a 5k whereas in a half there's such a long stretch of time that you feel pretty good yeah. um and even like you said like i've you know when i ran 61 30 in houston it was like I was digging hard the last couple of miles, but like you say, it's like, you're not, you don't have nearly that same, it's a different kind of like maximal effort. Yeah. Like on the track, it's like your legs are flooding with lactic. Like mm-hmm. you're this close to hitting the wall and just like putting a fridge on your back and yeah, running like yeah. an 80 second uh-huh. lap. Whereas on the roads, it's much more of like a slow burn mm-hmm. to the point that it's usually just, you're fatiguing out rather than like yeah. going lactic. And uh-huh. so there's a definitely a difference in perception and like, uh, yeah, how you work through that in your yeah, mind is, yeah. is really different so i do think it's partly just a different sort of like hurt and hard yeah. than on the track but it's also yeah i'm sure mm-hmm. again yeah the weather and the course and, and being on your own so mm-hmm. yeah i think again 
putting you on a flat fast course with a pack around you it'll be really fun to see what you can do in the last yeah. 5k instead of just uh-huh. feeling like you're more or less like okay i'm gonna get this done because yeah, i'm out here sure. and uh-huh. i need to get to the finish line rather than like full attack in the last yeah. 5k so well, that yeah. was funny because the last like few hills um like I, I thought the pack would come back to me like a lot more than they did yeah sure um, and I, I think I was running faster than, like, a lot of the guys that were in front of me over the last, like, three miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, like, I think there was two or three Kenyans that... There was this one hill that was, like, a mile long at the end. Yeah. Um, and they were, like, walking up it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had little Lisa behind me for, mm-hmm. like, the last four miles or something like that. And I'd kind of, like, gap him. And I, I was, like, surging a little bit. Like, anytime we had flat or, like, a little corner or something mm-hmm. like that, like... I would surge and try and like get away from him and it wasn't that I was like wanted to beat him I just felt like I wasn't running like my own race with him behind me kind of Mm -hmm. thing yeah like I I couldn't let off the gas and like I mean maybe that was for the better but going up the hills and stuff like that like I was kind of just in the mindset of like just get up the hill run like 95% and feel good over the top of it rather than you know spend all your bickies halfway up the hill um but there was this one guy that like because we kind of just kept like looping back and forward on the same like few spots for the last like three miles Mm -hmm. um and he was running all over the course and he just like he's just yelling out ethiopia 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 (laughs) and (laughs) he would like lisa would like go around me and like search for a little bit i was like can you fucking stop this like (laughs) i do not want to be doing this right now (laughs) yeah well you ended up beating him yeah 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 Yeah, i got him like there was was a stretch like where we went through the zoo and i ran it on my warm-up so i like knew it as well because i didn't really know any of the course i just Mm -hmm. knew that there were going to be hard hills yep um and we got to this like stretch in the zoo and i just like sent it for 30 seconds and mm-hmm. gapped him and i was like you fucking you can fuck off yeah <laughs> yeah that is i feel like that's a big thing too is like a lot of times at road races you don't know the course until you really run it mm-hmm. so i do feel yeah. like that's a big thing too that i've seen like now having been on the road circuit for a few years is like i'll return to races and just feel mm-hmm. like a lot more confident yeah. because i've raced it before and i'm like mm-hmm. oh yeah i know there's a hill that doesn't look bad on paper but it's going to kick everyone's ass when you yeah. actually get to it um so yeah that's sure. good timing that you yeah. had that little inside knowledge <laughs> well, to to break former yeah. uh breaking two project member <laughs> luisa dosisa i don't one. know if i returned to boston I mean, yeah. the hospitality is great yeah they take that, care of you that for race sure. was incredibly hard so. yeah yeah <laughs> i know and it is it's a lot of like i think again when you're early on in your road career like i felt like i just wanted to run fast and get prs mm-hmm. and then once you establish all those times then it starts to get to be more fun to just like go to places where you can compete hard so yeah, yeah. like i wouldn't be shocked if like for your marathon debut you don't want to go run boston because it's mm-hmm. a volatile course and yeah. you know again for your next half marathon you want to go run houston rather mm-hmm. than like pittsburgh or something like that yeah. where it's super up and down um but yeah i do think at some point you'll probably get to the point where you're like okay like yeah you know i've got prs that i'm happy with now and now i just want to go like compete and see how many guys i can beat and that's sure. where then boston will probably be like all right now that sounds pretty fun yeah. um i don't know yeah. i feel like we're such different runners in that regard yeah uh, like i'm such a like rhythm runner that i think like just flats suit me so You're much to go. better than like, yeah yeah see i used to think that too but i think by virtue of training for the marathon you just gain so much strength mm-hmm. and that strength just like I'm not doing a ton of like hill specific work. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like coach Hunter and I ever do. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like we'll do hill sprints on occasion, like after a workout, but I don't do like uphill Canyon runs or like yeah. 800 meter hill repeats. That's it's kind of just like when you get so aerobically strong and your mm-hmm. legs are just so 
just bulletproof from all the yeah. high mileage weeks like the hills just don't really bother you as much because i use i was always like oh yeah if there's a hilly course like i'm screwed in this mm-hmm. race and now i've gotten to the point where i'm like oh, i'm not too scared of it so yeah well I'm i sure thought i was that screwed, probably be the case like, for you up until that run at mags i think mags mm-hmm. helped me so much yeah, just like getting boost. used to those like hills and yeah, stuff because, for sure yeah i mean a lot of the like training we do here and a lot of the workouts we do especially like the stuff I'd done with you and the stuff I've been able to do with you mm-hmm. has just been, you know, on that marathon loop right. where it's like super flat. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel comfortable at 455, five flat pace, like on you the flat terrain, but yeah, like getting up those hills is a different story. So yeah. I'm thankful that I got to <laughs> go up to mags and do that before yeah. because yeah, otherwise, you know, I, I probably would have been walking up some of those hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the training. How has your training, I guess, changed from, this spring and, and past mm-hmm. track seasons when you've obviously been going a lot more like you said hard intervals on the track and now mm-hmm. you know you're more strength road based like what has been the biggest shift in your training is it the actual workouts the mileage is mm-hmm. it just your mindset to how you approach things like what's been the yeah. big changes there i think it's a bit of everything um like right now this time of year it, i wouldn't say that it's too different than what you know i've done in the past for mm-hmm. this time of year um it's kind of gotten to the point and it will be interesting over this next month because I am running a track race again yep. um, to put on spikes and like see how it feels. But I kind of get to this point where I then start putting spikes on and that's when like the niggles start to pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I never really know if it's, you know, the aggressive shoes or just like the constant turning on the track, that right. sort of yep. thing. Like I, I was never able to figure that out, but I feel like I've been a lot healthier and just feel a lot better. And the more I run, the more, like, better I feel. Like, even the difference between, like, 60 miles a week and 80 miles a week, like, I feel so much better at that. And mm-hmm. I know it will get to a point, you know, between 100 and 120 where it probably won't feel right. better. Yeah, you know, but, right, for sure. Um, for, <laughs> for right now, like, the more I run, the better my body feels because I think it just gets so used to yep. running, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's definitely, like, that kind of constant level of, like, you know, a li- little bit of fatigue um but i kind of like that it kind of like holds me back a little bit in workouts and it, it honestly like allows me to run the workouts a bit smarter just because you know it takes me a little bit longer to warm up i do feel a little bit more tired at the start and i just run sensible for the first three or four reps and then mm-hmm. kind of you know get into a rhythm and um yeah I, I feel like my mindset's changed in that regard as well like just kind of feeling my way through the workout not like pushing if you know it doesn't feel right to push and um that sort of stuff so um yeah i just feel like i'm a lot more patient right now Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think like i've incorporated that into my training you know i think the way that i raced this weekend um showed a good bit of like patience and you know i was able to like hold back and resist the urge just go with the pack until i blow up and you know that's how i normally race because Mm -hmm. that's kind of you know this day and age it's like if you're not time trialing these races then you know there's no point on the track yeah um but yeah i think like i just have a lot of patience and you know even down to like the the race structure um you know of you know the sorry the season structure um of what races i'm choosing and you know what i want to run like coach was shocked when i said i wanted to run a marathon and she thought you know immediately (laughs) i wanted to run 210 and i was like you know i'd be happy to run you know sub 216 on the first one and then you know if i run 212 213 on my second one like that would be incredible Mm -hmm. um and i think that would be a really good first year and um i think she was just shocked for me to even say 
that I'd be fine running, you know, a relatively slow time. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think like, yeah, whether it's, you know, what we spoke about earlier with, you know, family stuff going on or, or with just the change in kind of focus um, with the road stuff, something's kind of helped me become a bit more patient, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's going to hold me in good stead um, for these races um, and for training and just, you know, staying injury free. Yep. Yeah, so you alluded to it. You're going to get back on the track, so you're going to run 10K champs, right? And this is mm-hmm. the race that Australian you beat. Australian 10K champs. Yeah, so this is the race that Goose beat Stewie McSwain at to claim no, no, his that was, first. That was, that was a 5K. Oh, that was a 5K, okay. Yeah. But same race, right? Just different yeah. Event yeah. distance, uh-huh. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So what's it going to feel like to head back to Australia and compete on the track again in a place where you have good memories? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I've, I've got good memories there. They kind of change the track. like They change where they hold this national championship so it's at a different track but um you know i I have fond memories of this meet um i've run like some good 10k times there my pr for the 10k is there um in the sub twos nice Um, classic shoe adidas's old super shoes yeah that that was when uh like the vapor flies and stuff first started coming out yeah people were still allowed to race on the track in them so mm-hmm. everyone was on the start line in them and i was in my sub twos <laughs> um but yeah i'm excited to get back on the track i'm excited for some of those workouts as well like you know on the furthest end away from like that patience that there is still that like part of me that does want to like rip a workout or two yeah, and i think sure. like you know i i think that's probably a sign that you know i'm a little bit overrunning and i'm getting close to like being done if i don't have that excitement of oh i'm getting fit like i want to kind of test it in some way or another right um and so yeah i'm excited to run some you know mile workouts starting at 4 30 and stuff like that you know like um i'm leaving boulder this week and then i'm gonna go to portland and then back home for christmas i'll be at sea level for the next month and that kind of will allow me to do those workouts and it'll be interesting to see how i respond to the spikes yeah Um, definitely yeah, I mean, I definitely want to come away from it with a PR. Um, yeah, break my break my team record. I think that's, that's got to be the softest team record we have at this point. Twenty eight twelve for ten k. Yeah, yeah you can do that for just, sure. This race is so difficult because there's like yeah, it's championships. So it's tactical. No, it's yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. Like the Australian Championships is like whatever Nick Bedeau wants it to be. Oh so really? It's like if he <laughs> if one of his guys wants to time trial, then yeah, there's a pacer. There's a pacer. If they don't, there's not. <laughs> Um, and so usually it'll be like you know McSwain like I, I have a feeling this year it'll be like Brett Rayner McSwain like the marathon guys all trying to run 2730 mm-hmm. um, and then the next pack is trying to break 30 flat okay and so, yeah, so it's like you either go with the 2730 yep. guys so <laughs> yeah I might end up having to start my own group or um, you know just go with the guys and, and see how I feel mm-hmm. um, but yeah like, like I said earlier I'm not too fussed on the times like i just want to get out there and compete and obviously you know team record would be good and as close as i can get to 28 flat i feel like would put me in a good position to then you know go on and run a good half at houston and um yeah the quicker i run in the half i feel like the more wiggle room i have to come through half in a marathon Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the goal is like just to to compete well and and run these times but i'm not putting too much pressure on myself um i just want to kind of see how they go so um yeah if i could get some scalps i could but yep um yeah i'm just excited to get back there and obviously race in front of my mom who hasn't seen me run in quite some time she's mm-hmm. going to come down for the trip um nice. so yeah it'll be a nice moment i think for for our family yeah yeah it's awesome so yeah. you're still able to run 
Australian national championships? Is it because it's open or how's that work? Um, yeah, it's both. I mean, like technically because I'm an Australian citizen still, I'm eligible to win. Um, but yeah, it's open to anyone. So I'm entered as a Maltese athlete um, a lot of the time. Like, you know, a hundred meter final at the national championships because we have like the 10k champs 5k champs separate to the actual championship just because we have the same 10 australian runners that will run the 1500 5k 10k and they can yeah they're Mm -hmm. they're just as good in all those events and so they spread them out um but yeah we have like international athletes actually run our national championships um i remember in 2017 i think nick bedeau was the head coach of the qatar um, olympic team um and so the 1500 field was like a bunch of 330 yeah. like Qatarian guys that were there <laughs> um and yeah i think there was a woman from papua new guinea or fiji that like won our 100 meter um national champs like three or four years in a row and mm-hmm. they like get her on the podium and give her the medal and yeah someone stands next to her and they give her the medal and yeah it's a little confusing but i think it's just like I, I think the sketchy part is like when the international athletes take the spots in like the finals of mm, yeah the australian athletes. right yeah like that, that is odd that's a, that's a bit harsh but um yeah in terms of medals like unless you're an australian citizen you're not technically national Eligible. champion but yeah. yeah i could still win the yep. championship if, you know i was good enough to but yeah <laughs> nice so after that then houston mm-hmm. and then after that marathon maybe yeah <laughs> things things keep changing yeah you're meeting I've, with coach right after this so yeah. maybe that'll be the uh, decision yeah. maker I, I really want to run a marathon um and i was looking at like uh, one of the main like things that i'm mostly excited about for being a marathoner is that i don't have to freaking travel every week yeah <laughs> um i was getting so tired of you know traveling to europe and traveling back to australia and um yeah it was just like it was getting a bit exhausting mm-hmm. um and so i was looking for like a marathon here and the only ones at boston right. and la yeah um, there's like grandmas in like june yeah that's a long so, ways out. yeah um and so i have the games of small states of europe uh at the end of may start of june mm-hmm. and i felt like so i have to run the 5k and 10k there um it's a big meet it's in malta for the first time in 20 years or something yeah. like that nice. um and so that's been like a highlight on the calendar for you know three four years now uh and they really want me to run well there yeah um and so I didn't think like doing that a month out from, you know, a marathon would be the ideal build up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously the risk of, uh, right now I'm kind of keying Rotterdam as an option. Um, uh, it's the 15th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leaves me six weeks until the games of small states. Right, yeah. Um, there's so obviously a chance like, I get back. hurt, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it is a little bit of a risk, but it just, you know, it depends on like, the the tough thing about like running for sponsors and and you know running for Malta who obviously uh I'm a big name there um and they do help me with travel and um support me with that sort of thing is that you kind of have to like bend over to Mm -hmm. what they want every now and then um and so like a big part of me switching to the roads that I hadn't really told anyone is that um my agent told me that you know it would be a good way for me to keep my contract and so you know i outlined all of this stuff and i told them that's what i wanted to do and i truly wanted to do that um but it was in hopes that you know adidas would be happy enough with it and find value in that that um you know that that was um where it was going and now 
you know, Malta is supporting me as well and they want me to do something. And so it's just a bit conflicting. Yeah, so, right. You have um, people pulling yeah, you different we, directions. We need to figure out like what is the best option for everything. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately in these kind of circumstances, the athlete comes last. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have much of a say in it, but at the same time I do. So, um, yeah, I'm meeting with coach after this and nice. we'll see what we come up with. But, um, yeah, the plan originally it was Rotterdam and then Berlin so mm-hmm. I picked the two fastest courses I can find and yep, see what the hell I can do yep. <laughs> um and then <laughs> nice, yeah hopefully you know I'd run one at the start of 23 and then the Olympics and after that you know if the marathon career that I had over those two years wasn't exactly like what I expected it to be and I didn't feel like you know I had a lot of room to still improve mm-hmm. um then you know I, I might consider retiring um but yeah, I, I definitely want to get to an Olympics. Um, yeah. So that's the goal. Um, and yeah, I mean, running for Malta kind of takes out that element of having to run super fast or, you know, be top three in a nation. Um, mm-hmm. So they take 100 people for yep, Worlds and Olympic countries. Marathon. And I think, uh, you know, this year Rory Linklet around 2.13 and was 95th or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know if I can run, 210 211 after three marathons um then i'd be a good shot at making it and um you know i think that's what you did right is 210 on in your third one uh technically yeah yeah it was technically yeah <laughs> technically my third effectively my second but yeah. yeah it was 210 high in boston uh, yep. so mm-hmm. yeah i mean like you're, you're a big obviously inspiration for me and i'm trying to have the same trajectory that that you had so yeah. you know with that in mind i think that it is possible but um, you know, anything can happen. So I'm mm-hmm. not as bulletproof as you are. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you never know though. I think that's, what's so fun about the marathon and like, yeah. So you, you talked before we uh, started recording, <laughs> I got asked the question last week in my podcast who mm-hmm. I thought the best 10 minute week marathon would be. And I panicked and said, everybody, <laughs> and then Sam pushed me for a name. And so then I panicked twice and said, Connor and Aaron and Alexa, Goose's lovely significant other uh, did not take particularly kind to that. Uh, sorry, Alexa. I would like to officially state that you are absolutely a contender for top ten mentally marathoner. Um, and yeah, I do think like that's what's so fun about the marathon is like, like I said, there's a million different ways to find a success in the event. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm someone who is very calculated in mm-hmm. the risks that I take, and I don't often take like a big swing for the fences, which is why I think I've had like a fair amount of like really solid marathons but Mm -hmm. not like one huge breakthrough performance like i've usually performed pretty consistently Uh, but then you do see guys who like every third marathon they're gonna show up and just like rip one Mm -hmm. um so i'll be really curious to see when you start the training when you start marathon racing like where on that sort of spectrum you fall and i do think that's what's exciting is like you have this sort of like past track goose who was Mm -hmm. more of like a fiery like no i'm just gonna go for it and if i blow up i blow up like i'm not afraid to like step off the track if it's going horribly yeah but then you also put yourself in with a chance to like win big races um and then pair that with this kind of like goose 2.0 who's much more like (laughs) grounded and patient and like conservative in the way you're approaching your training and, and obviously that will bleed into your races like i think that could be potentially like a perfect goldilocks kind of situation mm-hmm. where you like strike that balance really well yeah. and you're like able to hold yourself back in the first half of a marathon but then when moves start being made you're able to be like oh screw it like i'm gonna go with that because mm-hmm. it feels right to me whereas that's something where like i might see that move and be like ah like i feel pretty good but 
still a lot of race left. Like I better hang out here for a little bit and then I miss a break. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like I'm staring at people's backs, like, uh, I could have covered that, but I didn't. And yeah. so now I'm just having a different race. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's always um, interesting. Like looking like I'll just like look at people's marathon PRs that, you know, like I think I can run similar to or, or roundabout. Mm-hmm. Um, and just look at like, you know, for example, like the 5k, you either have people coming from like the 1500 mile right. or the 10k. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 10k guys can still run 338, yep. you know, 1500 for sure. And the 1500 guys can still run 28 low, you know, in the, mm-hmm. the 10k. And so they kind of like meet in the middle in the 5k, but you know, they're pretty well rounded. Whereas I feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to like call anyone out, but for example, like Ian Butler mm-hmm. has run like 1430 or something in the 5K. Right, like yeah, I, he's just a pure I think I liked him in LA 5K yeah. like last year, mm-hmm. uh, but he's on 209. And right. so I feel like there's just so many like different kinds of athletes mm-hmm. that kind of like find their way to the marathon. And some people have success that you wouldn't think so. And then others... Um, for example, like Brett Robinson has run sub sixty in the half. He's yep. run thirteen low um, and twenty seven low in the ten k, uh, and he only just ran quicker than you yep. um, after like six marathons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, people that you think you know on paper in the track might run really well, like Bakili, for example, mm-hmm. um, hasn't really put it together in a marathon. And then others that haven't been great track runners can really put it together. And so, it's kind of just like. I'm, I'm excited to see where I fall in that regard. Like, yeah. you know, I've had a reasonably good track career, mm-hmm. um, but will it hold me in, you know, good stead for a marathon? I have no idea. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it is. I People always ask me like, oh, what's the difference? And I'm like, well, it feels like almost you're like you're training for a different sport when you mm-hmm. start doing the marathon training. Like the amount of mileage that you're piling on is like so much more significant obviously but it's in this more concentrated period of time like mm-hmm. usually for an elite athlete a marathon build is like 10 to 14 weeks yeah so like as a 5k guy a lot of times you're running like 80 to 100 miles a week but you're doing it six months out of the year mm-hmm. whereas for a marathon build you're doing it like 110 to 120 but it's for like two months yeah. with some good weeks of training on either side and then you just disappear off mm-hmm. the face of the earth for like three to four weeks while yeah. you go recoup and just like hang out and then you do it all over again you uh-huh. do it like twice a year um so it's just a really different structure and then when you add in the variables of like fueling and like mm-hmm. getting your bottles and not missing the fuel and practicing that in practice and and putting so much of an emphasis on the long run rather than interval training on the track mm-hmm. like it really does feel like in a lot of ways like you're it's the same sport but it's like mm-hmm. such a different yeah atmosphere and, and structure of everything that yeah i do think that's where a lot of times like that x factor comes in for people Mm -hmm. where it's like oh yeah like you can run 13 flat but that doesn't mean you can put together a marathon or you can be a 210 guy and never have broken two minutes in the 800 like me (laughs) you know it's just like there's such a ridiculous volatility in Mm -hmm. the marathon and like the margin for error becomes so much smaller because you have fewer opportunities and because the distance is such a beast like you just have to hope that you get it right on the right day and, and that your training's been as good as it can be and, and all that ideally then leads to the result that you've earned in air quotes but like that's nobody earns anything in the marathon like i yeah. think a lot of times the track races are a bit more cut and dry like mm-hmm. you put in and you get out yeah um, but in the marathon like i've seen people have builds that i couldn't dream of doing yeah and then they fall apart on race day and then there are other people who i'm like oh that's all you've done and then they beat me so yeah. it's just such a crapshoot um yeah yeah i mean i guess you alluded to this and this is kind of one of my like funny questions. Uh, you yeah. said one of the reasons that you're, uh, 
moving away from the track was because you were sick of the travel and in here I uh, put in so one of your secret reasons for moving up to the roads must be because you're sick of traveling and you want to spend more time playing Rocket League and streaming uh, <laughs> is that the case? yeah <laughs> nice um, well, how did just, how did your Rocket League like passions like when did you first play Rocket League and how did like when did were you like oh this uh, is my fucking game <laughs> I started like as COVID started mm-hmm. um, and I was playing on my Switch yep um, and then like my brother got me into it and he was playing a lot and we were living together with my um, ex-partner mm-hmm. um, and I would play it a lot and um, he was like really into video games he yeah. still is uh, and he would get super frustrated with me um, and I'd be like playing in bed on my <laughs> Switch and he'd be like on the big TV like in the living room yep. and he'd be like screaming at me um, and honestly like I think that was a lot of the reason why we ended up breaking up in the end was that I was playing Rocket League so much much that she was just getting frustrated. Um, And I loved living with my brother. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my family is so close that, like, you know, it was so fun living with him, but I'd lived with him my whole life. And, like, growing up, we had a bunk bed together in the same room. And so I was, like, just so used to it, but I didn't realize how shitty of a person he was (laughs) to live with because he was, like, so dirty, messy. He like just lounge around like doing nothing all day. Yeah, um, not the and best. So roommate. she was like basically like babysitting him, and then I would go away, you know, and come mm-hmm. over here. Right. All the time. Yeah. And she'd be stuck. Um, with him. And she'd be stuck with him. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we played Rocket League a lot, and then um, when we broke up, I was like, well, I'll just double down on Rocket League, yep. and so yeah. that coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing a lot of Rocket League, and I moved to Xbox because um, my brother had a spare one at home, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we set up like a, a table kind of like the ones we have in the office here in his yep. bedroom and yep. we just had two TVs next to each other. Yeah. Um, and we just sit there next to each other and play all day. Um, <laughs> and then when I moved over here, um, and I finally like, cause I'd spent a lot of like my contract money the first year on like my visa and stuff. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have any savings. And then, um, you know, I think with your contract as well, you get paid every six months. Yep. Um, and so for that, like, last month and a half, you feel like you're really, like, mm-hmm. struggling. Yeah, and then crunching the numbers, the, yeah. the money comes in, and you're like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> yep. And so the money came in when I first, like, came over here, and I was like, well, shit, like, PC sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I bowled out on that, and, um, yeah, like, instantly, just, like, the input lag and the graphics and stuff, um, I just got so much better, like, mm-hmm. straight away. Yeah. And then um yeah since then it was like super addictive but i think it's just because i'm so competitive as an individual mm-hmm. and i've struggled so much with running injuries yeah i think nice, that's like, like yeah it's just one of those things where like running is not a skill sport right i grew up playing soccer where like i was out in the park all the time like mm-hmm. trying to curl the ball into the top right corner of the goal yep. um and my dad like built a soccer soccer goal on our fence out of just like some planks of wood you know mm-hmm. and i would like just try and smack it against the the fence and uh i knocked down the fence a few times um but you know i'd be out there all day just practicing that skill yeah um, and you can't do that with running and so rocket league is one of those things where like you know i'll sit on instagram and i'll see someone score a cool goal and be like i want to do that mm-hmm. um and then I just sit there for 10 hours and practice it until yeah. I can do it, you know? <laughs> and, um, I think that's like, yeah, it's just, it's my, you know, like competitor coming out in like a different form. It's something that I can do nonstop and see improvement in, mm-hmm. which I can't do in running. And yep. so it's kind of just like a different form of me, like being competitive. Um, but it's also like, 
you know, I, I need to be doing something. And so if I'm not doing that, I'm probably being an idiot in my car um, and, you know, getting myself into trouble. Um, and yeah, it's just, I feel like it's a good form of recovery for me. Like I always overlook that aspect of, you know, just like doing nothing, doing nothing. when you're not yep. running. Right. Um, and on my old team, like I would always be doing something outside. Um, and I think that hindered my performance a lot. And so it's just like, yeah, an avenue, I guess, where I can just, like, sit there and chill out and, and recover. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's yeah. the many reasons nice. why I do it. But, yep. yeah, I just love it at yeah. the end of the day, too. Yeah, that's good. I'm just a nerd. <laughs> there. Well, yeah, um, we've covered a lot, everything from, from racing to updates on life. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me. I know it's always great. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. Like, you're oh, just always oh. a good a good conversationalist, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah it's just been... From my perspective, when we first met Jordan, he was just this long-haired, mustachioed <laughs> dude just streaking towards the finish line at the Oxy Invitational in 2018, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So it's been really cool for me, um, as I'm sure you'd say the same, just to see like the personal and career growth that you've had yeah. over the last three, four years. And mm-hmm. you know, I know you mean a whole lot to this team, and, and to be able to share your story, mm-hmm. I feel like you're one of the guys who gets really... Just kind of overlooked since you're a pretty reserved yeah. person uh-huh. um, well, to get this out well. there right yeah or you're gone um, <laughs> so to get this out and just have people yeah. get a little bit more perspective on like your life and your trajectory and the things that, that matter to you has been a huge pleasure for mm-hmm. me um, and, and yeah you're always a uh, I love talking to you man so I appreciate, it. appreciate you brother I, yeah. I think we should maybe kiss <laughs> I'll give you a- no.